So I have a question for you. When was the first time you had like a really bad experience with alcohol? Let me put this closer to me. Sorry, moving mic. A really bad experience with alcohol. Like, mm -mm. your first one though, because I know we probably have a lot. I can tell you mine. I just looked at the time and it says 151. Bacardi, 151. <sighs> Let me tell you the story. So I was in high school. And I was trying to be cool. This is why you don't try to be cool. This is why you don't try to be cool. So I was in high school. And it was probably like my junior year. And I had moved to a different part of town in Glendale where I grew up. And it was the summer I was hanging out with like these girls that, that lived around where I, I had just moved. We are in summer school. And uh, we had ditched summer school. And we went to a movie theater. So it was myself, this girl Liz, and this guy named Early. Side note, Early is his real name. Like, it's not a nickname. Like, his mom named him Early. Funny thing is, at our high school, he wasn't the only Early. There was two Earlys in our high school, and they both were legit named that by their parents. They were both in the same grade. One was little Early, and one was big Early. Because of their height, not age or anything. The second Early, little Early, um... His name wasn't spelled like the word. His name was spelled E-R-L-Y. Uh, matter of fact. Okay, I have a story that I'm going to tell you after I tell you this story. Now that that thought popped into my head. Because I have to say it now that I thought it. But first, this story about me getting stupid drunk. Ugh, Bacardi. We went to the movie theater. And they had put, like, one of us took the rum in our backpack. And we got the cup, the soda cup. And they filled it up with Coke, and they put um, Bacardi in it, too. So we go to the, to the like, the last row. And now Liz and Early had a thing. Like, they were together. From what I knew, like, they were going, they had their thing. They were, to, like, they had on and offs and crazy drama within each, like, within the relationship. But they had the relationship. And I was there, just trying to be cool. And so I drank it, and... I was drunk. I don't even remember what movie we went to go see. But like midway through the movie, Liz had to dip for some reason. So she dips and I'm there really, really drunk, like not even buzzed. I was really drunk and I'm not about that life, especially in school. I was more of a square than a, like a wild girl. Like I'm super nerd, very social. Like I had like. I could go within any kind of group in the school and I could get along with people, but I was more sheltered than most people were. So I wasn't like into the ditch party life. I wasn't into the like, let's drink, let's fuck around, like, let's do like the side stuff. I wasn't I wasn't into that. Um, but this summer I tried because I try to be cool. Do not try to be cool. So I try to do that. And I was super drunk and early did what any guy would do at that age when he has a girl next to him he was like trying to holler and I was like pushing him off like I was like like he was trying to like kiss me or touch me and I was like yo bro right now I'm dealing with this me being drunk right now like I can't see straight so I said no he I think he took the hint I really don't remember I think he took the hint which any guy should take the hint if they're not like a big old dickhole but Oh, I just pictured a big dick hole. Ew. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, unless you're really a scumbag, you're not gonna you're gonna if your advances aren't being accepted or welcomed, you're gonna move on. Uh but there was a point I guess like I was like, yo, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. And I went to the bathroom and I sat in the stall and literally everything was spinning, like all of life was spinning. And I couldn't, like, I didn't know what to do with, I thought the end of the world was coming. So I took a nap. <laughs> I took a nap in the bathroom stall. And I don't know what woke me. And I don't know when I got awakened. But I wake up. And I know, I know, like, I'm, like, stumbling. I wonder if people, if you work, if you're listening to me and if you work or have ever worked or if you know somebody that works in a, in a, whoa, a lot of commotions going on. Hold on one second. Let me answer this, and then I'll get back to you on both ends. Ah! Okay, I'm back. Sorry about that. 
What was I saying? Okay, yeah. So if you've worked or you know someone that works or you currently work at a movie theater, can you tell when someone's drunk? Or like someone's ditching? Tell me about that. Let me know on Twitter, at Letty, L-E-T-T-Y. I would really like to know about that. Because sometimes people feel like they're playing it off and they're not really playing it off. But, okay, so I got out of the bathroom and I was stumbling or, like, swaying. And then I get back to the movie theater that we were, like, the screen room. And it's, like, a whole nother, it's a whole nother movie playing. But I don't know, like, I still go up to where we sat and the dude, like, early is not even there. And I just sit down because my head is still spinning. Like, I'm still drunk. And... Someone comes up, like, one of the workers comes up, and he's like, hey, like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm okay. And it's like, I thought I was playing it off. I don't know if I slurred when I said, yeah, I'm okay. But as soon as he left, like, something in me is, is like, run. He's probably going to call security. He's probably going to call the cops. Whatever, just get out of here. And so I walked home drunkenly, fell asleep, and that was the end of that. But I hated Bacardi 151 ever since then. It was probably, like, it was my first and last time drinking that. Um, hanging out with those girls didn't really work out too well with me either. I just stopped trying to be cool, and they were like, hey, you're not trying to be cool with us, so. So that's how that went. The other story I wanted to tell was about Early, because I know I did mention Early, this guy, the one that was at the movie theater. His name spelled correctly, like the word Early. And then there was Little Early, who was the short guy. His name is spelled E-R-L-Y. This guy tried to downplay it as fuck when I met, when I talked about him the first time. But this came into my head and I'm like, dude, I have to share it. This was like my first love. My high school sweetheart. He was a year older than I was. He was like in a grade above me. But he was he was my guy. Like I it's funny because I was talking to DJ, a DJ that works with me here. His name is Dre Sinatra. If he's, at, I talked to him about if he's ever been in love, and he told me about this time where he was at a club and he saw a girl, and it was like a movie. Like she walked by and her hair was in the wind, and like all time stopped, and he could only think of it like time slowed down. He's like, it was legit like a movie, and that happened with this dude. Like that happened with early. It was, like, during passing periods, like, from one class to the next class. And I was walking to class, and I had turned around, or I had looked straight. I just I just knew I was looking in a direction, and he, like, he was wearing a baseball cap, and he had turned to the side. And when he turned to the side, like, he was, like, laughing. And it was, like, in the movies, like, when they're doing, like, the shot of when the girl first sees the guy. And he's turning around and he's smiling and she's just like watching him or like if it happens to the girl or instead of it being a dude. Um, I remember that moment and I just looked at him and I had never seen him before. Like to me, I had never seen this kid in my high school ever before. He was always there. It was just this day he stood out. And it's funny because in um, in Lauren Hill's Miseducation, the in the in between the songs. It's like skits of a classroom and the teacher's asking the student, like the d- students different, different questions about love. And he asked them like, what does it mean to be in love? Or one of the questions. And then one of the girl was like, you know, it's just one day you just look at them and it's just different. Like they just stand out. They're just different than everybody else. Like, I don't know if she said they shine or they glow or like, it's just, they're just, it's them. And then the rest of the world, like they stand out and that's what love is. That fits perfectly to that day. Like, I saw him, and it was just like if everybody else was in watercolor, like, blurred, because it was just him. I just admired him. Automatic, smitten, like, love at first sight, whatever. Turns out, one of my friends had also seen him, and she wanted me to hook her up with him. And we used to, like, pass letters to each other, and she told me, like, I like this guy. This is the dude. Here's how he looks or whatever. And I had found out like, oh, that's the guy named Early. And she had wrote a letter to him and she like wanted me to give it to him. I don't know why I was the messenger. Uh, but before that, before I gave him that letter that she gave me, 
I remember I was at my locker. And so I went to the same high school as my sister, who's two years older than me. So she's two grades older than I am. So I was in, I was in ninth grade. Like, it was the end of my ninth grade year. And my sister was in in her junior year. She was in 11th grade. And I had my locker. Like, so here were was one set of lockers and here was another one. And there was, like a, like, a hallway, kind of like a gap. And... So I had my locker on this side, and then my sister and her friends all had their lockers on this side. One of my sister's friends named Christy, like, I, I was in my locker. I was, like, in my thing. She had came up to me after, and she's like, Letty, like, this guy was just staring at you, like, just watching you in your locker. Do you know him? And I was like, no, who did that? That's fucking weird. And she pointed at him, and it was the dude that I had seen, and I thought it was, like, gorgeous. It was that dude. I was like, that's weird that he would look at me back. Um, So that was a moment. Then my friend tells me, like, she likes this dude, and his name is Early, and, like, if I can get the letter to him. So I do that. I don't know how I saw him, but I went up to him, and I gave him the letter from my friend. And I think he wrote her back, like, thank you, but... um, Cause I wrote him, she wrote him a letter and then I gave it to him and then he's like, okay. And then I had seen him again and he's like, Hey, I have the letter back to your friend. Meet me right here during whatever period. Like, and I got out of class during that period and, and I met up with him and he gave me the letter for her and he's like, here's a letter for your friend. And I was like, all right, thanks. And as I'm walking away, he's like, wait, here's a letter for you. And that, like, started it all. Like, it was, I don't even remember what the letter was. But he, like, in the letter to her, he was like, thank you. I'm just not interested. I really think your friend is cute. And I'm going to write her. Like, he was letting her know what he was about to do. And my friend was like, she wasn't, like, it was just kind of like the flavor of the week. Like, this is the guy I think is cute this week. So, here, send him a letter. So she wasn't even mad about it. She was just like, oh, I think another guy's cute. So um, this is an awkward way to stand. I think I'm trying to like, <laughs> hold on. Okay. So he um he sent me a letter and then we talked and we got to know each other and we got together. I remember it was close to summer like it was the end it was the end of my it was the end of my freshman year so summer school was all about like oh, I remember we're like talking and then summer like the school was over school semester was over and he was telling me how he's like hey so we can't talk we're not going to see each other and I was like okay we'll have a great summer like I didn't know what to do like this was new to me and during the summer, he he enrolled in... I Oh, by the way, I love summer school. I love summer school, like, not even because, like, I needed it. Like I, like I said, like, I was a hella nerd. But the way I saw summer school was if I go to summer school and take a math class, I can finish this math class in two months rather than taking this math class during the year. I could just finish it. Like, to me, when it's, like, when it's... um. When it's that, like, not like it's, it's like compressed and given to me fast rather than one day we're gonna learn this section, the other day, like, if it's given to me really fast, I learn it better. So, summer school was the best for me, whatever I took, like, I passed. Um, so that's why I liked it. But he enrolled himself in summer school, which is gonna come back and bite us in the ass in a second. But he enrolled himself in summer school and we hung out in, during the summer. We ended up being together. He was my high school sweetheart. Um, we were together junior, like sophomore year, my junior year when he was a senior. And the summer before his senior year, so the summer before my junior year, he summer school again. And a friend of mine, like a younger girl that I, I really fucked with, like um, this is going to get complicated. Okay, so let's say again. He's a senior. He's one grade o- older than me. I'm a junior. And there was a girl that was a sophomore that, like, I just fucked with. Like, she, since I was in middle school and she was one grade younger than me, like, we were just homies. Like, I really liked this girl. Had, like, it's that whole she's my little sister. Or she's, like, 
they took a summer school class together. And the next year, when he's a senior and I'm a junior, he went to he went to the mall with this girl that is like known to like gossip. He went to the mall with her and when they like the next day she came up to me and she was like, "Oh my god, guess what? Early and Erica hooked up. Erica was the girl." And I was like, "What do you mean?" And she's like, "Yeah, Early and Erica got to get like they hooked up like he cheated on you." And I was like, "No." She's like, "Yeah, he said that um after a summer school class, he he and her hooked up and they like always tell each other like don't say anything and like the like it's their inside joke. And I was like so sick. Like this is the first this is the first heartbreak I've ever had. So she told me that and then I, I went up to both of them and I was like what the f-? like clearly losing it. Cause here was a girl that I could consider my best friend, a really good friend, and my boyfriend, that I would never like. I just, I just didn't think that was possible. I didn't think it would happen, not with him. And it happened. And, oh, and they all, they both did, denied it, and they were like, "Whoever told you that is lying," and um, didn't happen. They made me feel very crazy. Like they made me feel like I was whack. I didn't talk to Erica. After that, I didn't talk to him after that. But Erica was kind of going around saying, like, yeah, she's she's over-exaggerating. It didn't happen. Like, she's crazy. And I started kind of feeling that, like, damn, did I fuck up? Did I trust the wrong girl? Did she make that up? But then, like, a couple, like, a couple days after that, he wrote me a letter admitting it. Like, he's like, I think something, something in the back of my mind was telling me that he wanted me to know. Because he wouldn't have told this girl that he never even talks to. He wouldn't have told her, especially knowing, like, she's known to gossip. Like, it was, like, people in the school knew, like, this girl would gossip. So he wouldn't have told her had he not, like, already, like, if had he wanted it to keep, had he wanted to keep it a secret. So she comes up to me and she tells, or so, whatever. She tells me, I find out, and they deny it, and then he writes me a letter admitting it. And the first thing I do was go up to Erica and I went up to her, like, because she made me feel like shit. Like, she legit made me feel like, how dare I do this to her? Like, how dare I even think she would do this? So it was her and her older sister that I, like, went up to. And I, and I wanted her older sister, like, her older sister was there. Like, she was, her older sister was making me feel bad. Like, why would you do that to Erica? She loves you. That's fucked up. And I was like, look, Erica's lying. Like, she did. Like, early just admitted it to me. The older sister read the letter. She's like, Erica, why would you lie? Erica looks at me and she's like, well, what? Y'all want me to say sorry? Get over it. Whew. Okay. When she did this, I, like, blackout. Like, I was just like, go. Fight mode. And for the simple fact, not like, oh, because I got cheated on. Because to me, like, I love both these people. I loved him. I loved her. But because, like, you're coming at me, like, you're not even apologetic about it. Like, I'm coming to you like, bro, like, what the fuck? And you're like, get over it. The fuck? Get over it. There was some stairs. I threw her down the fucking stairs. I went down the stairs. I just threw her. Threw her. And I went on top of her, and I'm just fucking her up. Early, like in on this, like in the side of my ear, like I see, I like I hear him, and he's like, "Yeah, babe, fuck her up, fuck her up." And like I managed to turn around, look at him, like "fuck you" too. Like I'm fighting for you. I'm fighting because this bitch came at me like, "Yo, I'm not sorry." I hit her. It it like stops or whatever. Apparently, she like blacked out, and I like scarred her like by her nose and her like in between her nose and her eye like I oh gosh so that's my story on <laughs> on early that's what I thought when I was telling you the previous story and I was like oh early I have to ex- explain this fool in my life because I can't just say oh there's one early and another early like no there's one early and then there was a dude I was in love with granted to this day like we'll contact each other every now and then like it just so happened like afterwards I moved out of that city and I didn't want to be around him and I wanted to get over him as much as possible. Um, So, and then we would just catch up with each other every few years and just 
talk or whatever. I think it, it's always in my mind that he was the one for me if there was the one to even put on one specific person. But then that happened and it fucked shit up. So that's early. And that's my Bacardi 151 story. Neither of which I wrote down. Like, this is what... I have a paper right here of all the stuff I wrote down to talk about. None of that is on it. I did want to talk about, like, this is my first point. What a difference a year makes. And I say that to, because a year ago, like even today, a year ago today, I was in a real, like, you could say like a very, like a low point in my life. I had got let go from a station that I worked at that I thought like was the pinnacle of success in radio I got let go from there so I felt like when you get let go you kind of feel like okay what's wrong with me or I don't belong it tests your it tests your faith in yourself it tastes your it tests your faith in your career who you're gonna who you thought you were gonna be especially like to me if the if the hip-hop station in LA let me go like where do I even belong so I had that going on. On Halloween last year, I had totaled my Beamer. And at that point in time, like, it was it was half my fault, half the other person's fault. So at that point in time, like, I was going through that. I was had just got let go. I, I had that happen to me. And it was just, it was a lot to take in, right? This week, like, this week last year, that's why I say, like, what a difference a year makes, because it's a low point. A lot of us have low points, and we have low points that it's like, yo, how the fuck am I going to get out of this one? But during this week is when I get, like, the call from Cole's camp, from J. Cole's camp. And they're like, hey, we're going to go, we're going to announce... We're going to announce the album, and then we're going to go on the road. And they were just telling me, like, their plan. It's funny, because I had the text. Like, I was literally looking at the text from Ibrahim, Cole's partner, um about when like he's like hey just fyi on the 15th we're gonna fly you out to boston is that cool with you um and i'm like yeah so it was this week that all of that happened and we come to this year like this moment in time right now you couldn't tell me you could not tell me in that moment last year when i was going through everything when it's like yo how the hell am i gonna get out of this one how am i gonna even get better like how is it even gonna like how am I gonna uh come back from it that this is where I'd be right now but it's all and it's funny because while I was at the other station and while I was working on the other show that I was working on um I always had a sense of like yo started not to like work and it's so important to like the work that you do it's so important but I, I had got to the point where I'm like, yo, I have so much to offer you guys. And you're make you're like you're making me like super small. You're not letting me even give you an ounce of what I wanna give you and what I can. And I just really started to not like work. It then became what am I giving up in order to have this position? Like, I'm living my dream at what cost? Cause in all that was what I wanted to be. That's where, where I wanted to be. That's position everything. That is what I wanted in my life. And I had it. And it's like, but at what cost, right? That was happening prior. And I remember I had wrote a blog post on my website about how, like, even just image-wise and how I didn't want to be the girl that was, like, hot and nothing else. I didn't want to be the girl that was promiscuous when I really wasn't. But because I thought that it's what was necessary in order to get the attention slash respect that I wanted. And so that was going on, right? And I was just always like, yo, when is this going to stop? Like, when am I going to be able to really be who I am? And I feel like I brought that on, like, my intention of, like, okay, what is, like, what can happen? Like, how can I get out of this but still be me? And the universe is like, all right, that's what you want? Here's the pot. Like, here we go. First of all, you gotta, we gotta take, take what you own fr- from you, and or take whatever you have. Your situation. If you want a better situation, you gotta relieve yourself of this situation, or the universe is going to relieve yourself of the situation that you're currently in. 
you you don't see it in that moment. In that moment, I'm just like, what the fuck? I just got fired. I gave my all. I did this. I did that. Like, come on. Like, I, and it's like, you don't see that look, baby girl. Like, let it, let it pan out. Just have faith in yourself and let it pan out. That happened literally beginning of October. Um, end of October, October 31st, Halloween, my car gets totaled. A couple days later, I get the call from Eve like yo we're doing and granted like that couldn't even that couldn't even have been like something apart like there wasn't any openings for jobs to go with J. Cole or there wasn't to go on tour with them there wasn't a a position to you'd even think was there it literally appeared out of thin air and it's like had I gotten let go um, months before I probably would have had a job already had I got let go a week after that whatever they were trying to feel probably wouldn't have worked out for me. You know what I'm saying? But the fact that I got let go at this particular time, then this happened and they hit me and they're like, yo, this is what we want to do. And I said, yes. Like, it all, it, it was way too, way too calculated divinely to just be a coincidence of life. Like, mm-mm. They call me, they're like, I didn't, no one even knew about the album. I couldn't even know about the album having come out. They're like, look, we're going to announce this day. Then we're going to go on the road. We want you to go on the road with us. And you can be like the fly on the wall for fans to us. And then you can be what we want people to know. Like you can just be that messenger, that vessel, so to speak, to to and fro social media to fans, to us, to fans, to us, to what we're doing. I couldn't have predicted that. Nothing. But that happened. And after that was over, like, end end of the year. That was over the end of the year. Then January. Okay, January comes. All right, I really need to figure out where I'm going to go. I need to understand, like, like, what my options are. Really understand that to be let go from station in L.A. and as known as the station I got let go from is... It's very hard to come back from that. Or people are like, well, why did you get let go? Well, what happened? Well, what did you do? Well, they don't let go of people that are good. So it was really, really hard to get another job. Granted, there were options. There was a lot of, like, there was many, uh, off of talent and off of skill, there was many um, stations that wanted me to be a part of their station. But it was, it, everything came with its own sacrifice. At that moment in time, I'm like, okay, I... I'm just going to look at the options, weigh out the options, see where I can go from here. And then all of a sudden, like, there's, like, whispers of a new station. And in my head, I'm like, like, literally, I remember having this conversation with my friend Tito. And I'm like, you know, it's crazy. It's like, because I would apply to stations and and they'd call me back and they're like, you're so good, but, like, you're too hip-hop. Like, we're more of a pop-leaning station. I was too hip-hop for the pop stations and when it came to LA I was too passionate for the hip-hop stations like I didn't belong I legit did not feel like I belonged anywhere like and it, it just came to the point like do I even belong in this industry do I even belong in uh in radio period and so whispers of the station come about and then the like then it starts getting more and more real, like a press release. Then it start like then they took Big Boy. Then like then it's like the next week the station launches. So the station launches in February. And anybody who's anybody who wants to be a part of the station already, I'm knowing like. But to me, it's just like yo, this would be the best. Like this, just dream situation that could come true would be to be here to be a part of it's funny because there was an option for me to go to a, a radio station that was about to start up in another city and I was like wow like that'd be so dope to like found a station to like be one of the first DJs at this new station that way you can create the lifestyle and the atmosphere and you are pivotal you're vital to the to the um birth and the the rise of a station that's huge to me I'm all about movement so that's a huge movement in itself and so this station popped up in LA and I'm like dude this would be the perfect fucking situation and um they had brought big in and I had spoken to big and him and I had our own like issues that we had to resolve because it was from his show that I got let go so 
we met up, we talked, and he was just like, besides anything that was said or could be said or could be could have been misinterpreted, like your skill set is. I can't make someone else like how you are. Like you can't just you can't be redone. I guess if that makes. So he recommended me amongst other people to the new station's program director, which is the boss at a radio station, that the boss that's taking care of the talent that goes on air, like the personalities and stuff. So I meet with the program director, and and he, even he's like has hesitations because he knows like okay, well why did she get let go? Okay, so what happened here? Okay, so what did she say in this and whatever? So even he had hesitation and reservations about it and I didn't get a call back for a long time I'm seeing people like announce that they're now working there and it's just like I can only be happy for them at that point in time was when I'm thinking like yo do I belong in this because I'm giving it my all and I'm giving it all of my faith I just don't understand like so he my PD hits me back he gave me the shot and I did the best with it and now and he gave me, like, a shot on air overnights for, like, one shift on the weekend. And now I do nights in Los Angeles. I am the hip-hop head. Like, I am I get to be how I am. I get to talk under my own name like I always wanted to. I get to talk about hip-hop, be fun, be energetic, be who I am. I'm put on in a station in Las Vegas where I do nights there, too. It's just, I am the person that I was wishing I could have been last year before I got let go. Like, last year before I got let go, I was like, yo, I I just wish that, like, I could have that where I can really just be me and express myself and let my ideas go and, and, and just talk about the music and that be okay. Like, it, it'd be okay that I'm, I want to just, I want to talk hip-hop. It'd be okay that I'm silly and goofy. I don't, I just want that. One year later, that's what I'm doing. A year makes so much of a difference, especially when you're, like, at your lows. And I don't want to be, like, rock bottom all the way you can go is up or whatever. But when you're there, it's so easy to stay there. Because sometimes people don't even go up, don't even go up a little. Sometimes people accept the bottom. And you don't need to. Like, you really don't need to. Well, if you know that you're deserving of more or that you have the heart for more, the passion for more, or the skill set for more, when you're at the bottom, that should be the moment that those things drive you to become that person, that that flower that bloomed, that that rose above. But it, it again, it's all like in in what you do with those moments in those moments I had key people and like the phone call from Cole like I feel like it was all divine like the phone call from Cole and before I got into this new station my friend Jen uh I was never a church person I grew up Catholic but to me like catechism and like going to church was a chore like you never wanted her to go to church on Sunday as a kid I didn't personally and when I was there, nothing spoke to me. It was just like orders, like stand up, kneel, sit down, shake someone's hand, um, eat the sacrament. Like, and I just knew, like, when I got the bread, that we we're 15 minutes away from being being out and eating, like going going to eat something. Um, so it was never like I never. It it was just you're a kid. Your your mind's everywhere, and I think that re- that stayed with me where I didn't have a connection, and I would always hear like your religion should give you that connection with God. Whatever you become, it should be the closest to God that you feel. And I never felt like that being being Catholic. I don't know what I am. I'm probably not anything. Um, but my friend Jen, she she was like, hey, come with me to this service. And she'd been asking. Like, she'd, she'd asked way before, and I never went. But she asked me, and I started. I went with her one day. And the day that I went with her... Um, this girl that was ta- the woman that was talking, she was the wife of the pastor of the church, and she was talking, and, and she was 14 when she, she had her child, and she was speaking on not necessarily her story, but speaking on something that spoke to me. And I had never felt church the way I felt it that day. I'd ne- and, I've, and, I lo- and I've felt God before, but I, like, it was as if, like, it was right in front of me. 
and it was surging through all of me. I cried that day, and I since have gone, well, I work, I'm on air on Sundays, so I stream my church, but I would, I got, I went after that, and after that, and after that, and I feel like it was just, a, it was everything, so I feel like all those things came into place before this new me this year, so I got, had to get let go to become what I needed to become, oh my god, I, I had to, and there's something else I need to tell you. So I got let go, and then three weeks later, I get the call to go on the road with Cole and just be this, do this. It's They had done it. They're the first of, of their of whatever it was to do it. So I was the first of whatever I was to do it. And then the year comes to an end. Also, I was what I was doing before the Cole thing happened, I was like, I'm going to do my calendar. I've always wanted to do my calendar. I've always wanted to do a calendar where... I had the idea, like, what if I flip rap lyrics? Like, I'm such a hip-hop head, like, and I pay attention to lyrics so much, and I love when lyrics um, paint a picture. It's like, what if I do a calendar where, like, I flip a rap lyric, and I'm in the picture? And I call it rhyme capture. But I always wanted to do it. Something kept stopping me to, from doing it during that during my stay at the other station. As soon as I got let, let go, I was like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing with the rest of the year. It's a go. Like, this is the push that I needed. Had I not I had I not gotten let go, I still wouldn't have been doing this calendar. So I get let go and I start doing the stuff for my calendar. Then Cole asked me like to go on the road with him. It's an opportunity I couldn't say no to. So what I did with that calendar is literally um, I came back home the 23rd of November because that's my birthday. So I came back literally for one or two days. I shot a bunch of shit for the calendar then and then like I think I, we came back again for the concert in December and I shot a bunch of stuff there literally made it in those two those two visits to LA 12 shoots 12 months of shoots and it came out amazing like those shoots came out great so had I not done that had I had a knockout let go that wouldn't have even come to fruition so that comes to fruition it's January and my friend Jen gets me into church and I'm full fledged like in it like like when your life is changed by God your life is changed and you can't unchange it and you don't want to unchange it like you you take it you go where where it leads you and it led me to this new station and since then it's been it's been progress it's been coming to the new station and not being afraid to prove yourself. To be like, yeah, I was on in mornings in L.A. I'll take this overnight shift. I'll take this weekend shift. And I'll prove to you that I deserve a full time. And I did that. And then I, I, I've come to now this point in my career a year later. A year later from that where everything just panned out. So say all that to say, a year makes a hell of a difference. And there are so many times where we get discouraged in our and our current state of being or our current situation or or position isn't what we need. But know that we're so in charge of, like, the outcome, too. Your intention is so incredibly important. And, like, like, like let's say, like, the universe is sitting down with you and asking you, what do you want? And you're telling the universe what you want by your intention, by your thoughts, like, by your, like, like, my intention was, like, damn, I need to get out of here. Like, when I was at the other side, I need to get out of here. I need to, like, what I'm doing here is not, like, is not what I know that I should be doing. It's not what I got in this for. Like, how can I become who I really am? How can I separate myself? How can I individualize me? How can I really be who I know I want to present to the world? When you say that and I'm intending and I'm anxious and I'm, like, oh, and, and, and uh, ur- there's an urgency in me for what's next, the universe is going to be like, okay, that's what you want. Poof. But it's not going to come like in like a bouquet of flowers at your door. Uh-uh. Oh, no, honey. <laughs> you're going to have to set the new ground. You're going to have to plant up that new freaking seed. And it's going to have to grow on its own. And that's where you're going to get that bouquet. You're going to get a whole rose bush. If you really intend right, it's going to happen for you. So I needed to say that because it's been a year. And, oh, pivotal moments within that. So my friend Jen taking me to church is one of those pivotal moments. Before all of that, I got when I got let go, I went on Twitter and I was just like, I'm no long I no longer work at the station. And I got a phone call from Charlemagne. And he told me something he told me something I needed to hear at that time. And he and more so than cause he said like, yo, you're not in radio if you haven't been fired. I've been fired four times. 
like literally look at my look at where I'm at look at my story um but he was talking to me more so from the position of somebody who's worked under somebody else under a star he worked under Wendy and I worked under Big and what he told me was so important for me to hear at that very moment in time because I didn't feel like anyone understood me. Sometimes somebody just needs to talk to you to let you know you're understood. Like, it's not that they gave you advice. It's not that they, like, they figured out the key to get out of this situation. It's just that they helped you feel like you're not alone. But he told me about working under somebody. He's like, that's just the thing with working under someone and their stars is sometimes we become so focused on now their dreams, their goals, their focus, their vision, that we lose sight of who we are. We lose sight. We Our vision gets blurred. Our dreams start to fade away. And we get so caught up under like helping them progress. What are we progressing? Or what's going on with us? And then it might be the removal of that that helps you become who you are. In that moment, it like... I hadn't cried for losing my job until that moment when he told me that. Working under somebody could keep you from your own vision, your own your own castle. You're too busy building somebody else's castle that you don't even get to start on yours. And it's not it's not that you're bad for that. Like you just you become a part of a show. And and you could be in whatever in regular life. You become a part of a company. You become a part of a of a group and your vision wavers then because you're you can't focus on your individual dream or or vision you have to focus on for the whole group or for everybody else or for one other specific person just to know that I've that I was understood in that sense and the and what I was feeling back then I was feeling like man like I know what I wanted for myself and like this doesn't feel like it but granted it's and so Basically, he 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 provided that he provided that understanding that I didn't feel like I had, and I had understanding from like the best dude in it. So it was like okay, like I needed that reassurance, and then then the Ibrahim thing comes in, the the Cole's partner, and the only, the reason it's funny because in 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 hip hop or in radio. Sometimes stations feel like they've made you, and if they let you go, then you're done. Like, ain't nobody gonna fuck with you because they only fuck with you through your affiliations. They only fuck with you because of your position here at our station. A lot of the times that can be true, but the fact that it wasn't in this case was also great to me. So tell me what J. Cole likes. So tell me how J. Cole is. So tell me this. It was more so like, yo, I like just how I would interview anyone that I'm a fan of. Like, I love this part about your album. Tell me about making, like, tell me about this lyric. Or, dude, when you said this, it was just a conversation about music and just about their their crew in general. And he's like, you get it. We want you in because you get it. And it's like, it's not, it wasn't even because of who I worked for. It was because of what I did with my work how I worked um, that got me into that position. It was like a lot of people were like, how did you get that? Or or tell me how to be like you. I can't tell I can't tell you how to be like me. You shouldn't want to be like me. You should want to be like you. The way to get these things is to be like you. Like be, be what the, f- like literally, what does your heart beat for? As metaphorically as, as that can sound, what do you what do you feel fulfilled doing? And then what do you want to be known as? Like what do you want your identity to be? Who is like who is you? Really? Who is you? Who is that person inside you that you want to shine? And what parts of you or what what like how do you want to be perceived? Um and st- and be that. And you know what? I've been in there where I had to for a job act a certain way or be a certain way and it and it didn't feel like me and it and to not feel like yourself doing supposedly what you love to not feel happy fucking fucks you up so then to now so then to be yourself whether you get a raise or whether you stay at your own pace or whether like nothing changes for you at least you're you you're yourself you're doing it from and for 
and by being you, not on any other sort of level or any anything you had to give up in order to gain. It's all you, your wants and your true and your authentic needs and stuff. So, okay, so that's my what a difference a year makes speech. Because it's, it's, it means a lot to me that you know that, that it happened in a year, and it can happen for you in a year. But it's all dependent on your willpower. It's all dependent on your mental. Literally, it's dependent on in here. It's not dependent on the outside situations. You, we think it is. We think it's money. We think it's, like, who we are or, like, what we're surrounded by. We think all of that. But look at what you're doing. You're thinking that. So because you make that a restriction, it becomes a restriction. If you don't let it become a restriction, if you're not saying it is, then it won't be. Crazy, but it's so real. I promise you that. Okay. Now, my second, second freaking, second point. We're like hella into this podcast, by the way. My bad. I know it's a long podcast, but. um, Second point is Don Caluminati seven day theory yesterday 19 years that it dropped Pac wasn't alive to even see it hear it or or feel it be be um embraced by by hip-hop but it has some of his most embraced records like to live and die in LA to live and die in LA is off of this album Hail Mary which was one of my favorites from the beginning from Pac was off of this album um, me and my girlfriend is off of this album. Oh, toss it up. Fuck yeah, toss it up. Oh, that was one of my favorites. Casey and JoJo on that. Amazing. Um, but yeah, that Pac didn't even get to really um see that happen. How big is that? Freaking how big is to live and die in LA alone? Bomb first is on that album. Toss it up was a fun record. Me and my girlfriend still get sampled and like redone by people. Uh Hail Mary by far. I love Hail Mary. Oh my god. So, Twitter there was a Twitter question. Um somebody asked me who I would want Tupac to collab with today if he was still alive or if he could collab with somebody. And I'm not going to say Kendrick cuz that's the go-to. But I heard a Tupac's like I heard Hail Mary today earlier. I heard Hail Mary and right after it I heard um Bobby Shmurda. Hot boy. It just it just hit me like damn they would make a really good record together, and just the way that Hot Boy like was hit you hard. It was right after Hail Mary, so like Pac was on that same on that same front that, and then Bobby came in, and it just fit. And I'm like, dude, that would be that would be insane if like they had a song together. Before I was even asked this question on Twitter, I need to find who. Ask me this. Hold on. Armanti underscore Sparks. Which rapper of today would you want to hear Pac collab with? That was his question, and that's what I would think. So, like, a Bobby would be dope. I would also want to see um, Pac do something with J-Rock. I think J has, like, that sound. It's it's a... I don't want to call it bass. But it's a, str- it's a strength. It w- it's a projection that I think him and Pac both had. By the way, J-Rock's album, I will say you need to listen to again and again until you do listen to it. If you haven't... If you start, this is my favorite. I'll start. I'll start the album on the second song, which is "Easy Big" with Kendrick, and I'll let it go. And I love hearing the next two songs. Like the way that "Easy Big" goes into "Gumbo," goes into "Wanna Ride" featuring Isaiah Rashad. The way that's mixed together, or however it's sequenced together, is perfect. Like that was the perfect sequencing of those three songs. And I would want, if you listen to any three songs from that album, I would want you to listen to those right after the other. Easy Bake, Gumbo, Wanna Ride, and just feel it. I love listening to that all the time. Okay, so so I was thinking about happiness. And it's funny, it's stupid to think about happiness and answers to happiness. And I'm not going to be that person. But I will provide a study that... um, someone found that when we're the most happy is when we're present in a moment like right now you're listening to me what else are you thinking about what is on your mind a lot of the times the thing that's on your mind is stressing you up or it's making you feel away yet it's probably not even real we make these situations in our mind we stress we like conclude we analyze but 
in those moments is when we lose present happiness. And happiness is in the present. Like happiness is legit here. Um, there was a study that people are 40 more percent, 40 percent more happy when they are living in the moment, whether they're driving, whether they're talking to somebody, whether they're eating, when they're actually able to. And it's hard to say live in the moment, but this is what I do. So it's like, let's say I'm eating just remove whatever thought you have like if I'm thinking about like oh um my dude or my mom or like what's going on it's like remove that take that second to be like I'm here right now this air smells so or feels so good in my lungs this food is great this water is refreshing and you'll feel more happy like it's it's weird because they've legit tested people's happiness they, they've metered it or whatever and they found that when you are doing stuff like that you can become more happy with whatever goes on and in those moments where you're not thinking about what goes on later you're also you're not giving it power like we just talked about how that thought of whatever restriction you're going to give give yourself is all in your head you're giving yourself less moments to give yourself restrictions or to think about the stress or to, you know what I'm saying? Like you're giving yourself less of that time by being in this moment, therefore enjoying this moment, therefore not creating crazy moments later that are probably just in your head to begin with. So I'll get the full on detailed study for next time. But literally that was my note. And I wanted to make sure to tell you that to even just try that. Cause if it's 40%, that's a huge number of you being more happy if you're in this moment right now, like if you are dry or whatever you're doing, just take the time to just like listen to my voice or to enjoy whatever view you have around you, whether it's the view of your car, your bedroom, your workplace, the gym, enjoy it. Find something to appreciate within it. Appreciate yourself. And that feels so much better than thinking about whatever the heck could be stressing you out. That's not even in your present. That's not even around you. It's time to go. Oh, I have, a, I have a joke. Remember I had jokes before? I have a joke that other people don't laugh at, but you're my homie and you'll laugh at it. Uh, why couldn't the bike stand on its own? Because it was too tired. Ah! Too tired. Too tired. Bye.